This episode of the Sportsman's Empire is brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Since 1952, Interstate Batteries has been evoking compassion and a trustworthy spirit into the surrounding communities. Interstate Batteries is a mission-driven company fueled by purpose and guided by their values. If you need help locating a specific battery, stop into your local Interstate Batteries retail store and speak with a battery specialist. They even offer cell phone repairs. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I am your host, Dan Johnson, and today I talk with Todd Snader from Pure Archery Group. And if you don't know anything about Pure Archery, they own Bowtech, they own Diamond, they own tight spot quivers, they own, they own black and gold sights, they own ripcord arrow rest, and I think one or two other companies, but those are the major the major players uh, under that umbrella, under that, I guess you would call it a holding company. And so Todd is the, the product manager over there, and, or the director of products, or I, he says what he is in the, in the episode. But this particular episode, we're knocking out a whole bunch of new products from uh, Pure Archery Group from the brands that I've already mentioned and, and it's all happening in one episode. Um, as you'll start to see and like we've you know like we have talked about with sub- several other brands several other companies the one-stop shop method f- is just becoming more and more popular. Uh, brands like Bowtech now. And it makes it easy for Bowtech to do this because Pure Archery Group owns Bowtech, owns Tight Spot, owns Ripcord, owns uh, Black and Gold. Okay? So when you start to see these quote unquote new products come out, well, they may not necessarily be new because, or they're, they're new, but this year they're also licensed under Bowtech. So Bowtech is coming out with a line of accessories that are similar, it, similar if not the same as Ripcord, Tight Spot, and Black and Gold. And so that, that part's very interesting to me, and I see a lot of other companies doing the same thing, okay? Um, we talk about uh, a rebrand. One of my, back in the day, Rip, Ripcord Arrowrest was one of my favorite brands. Um, I, I knew the guy who used to own the company, uh, and it was an excellent uh, Arrowrest, drop-away Arrowrest. It was like uh, one of a kind uh, back in the day when they first came out. And then after that, um, they were sold by Pure Archery Group, and now they're going through a rebrand process where um, they're limiting some of their offerings, uh, making some really cool adjustments, uh, and um, uh, to, to the product to make them better and uh, higher quality, less moving parts, where which is pretty cool to talk about. You know, we're talking about efficiency and uh, less items for for a product to break. You know, when you when you reduce the moving parts, but it sounds like they reduced some of the moving parts, but the quality of the product is now better. So not only did some of these products or this brand go through a rebrand, but it's also gone through a a little bit of re-engineering 
some of these products as well uh, for the better. And you're going to hear Todd talk about all of that in today's episode. Now, before we get into today's episode, we do have to do one quick commercial, and that is Code Blue Sense. If you don't follow the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, I strongly suggest you go back and you listen to any content within the last year that I've put out regarding mock scrapes. And the reason I say that is because one of the partners of the Hunting Gear Podcast and the Nine Finger Chronicles is Code Blue Sense. And one of the products that I have not only used the most this year, but have had the most success with is the Code Blue Rope-A-Dope system, the mock scrape kit that they have, the pre-orbital gel. And I'll tell you right now, man, I cannot believe how well it works. And this is how I measure success. I follow the instructions. I put the rope-a-dope system in a high traffic deer area. I put the pre-orbital gel on it and I measure my success through trail camera pictures. So I put a trail camera pointing right at the rope-a-dope and the amount of deer and the quality of deer that have come in to investigate that rope-a-dope system. They don't always paw up the ground and, and make a scrape per se, but they always come in and sniff around and scent check that that blue rope. And I'll tell you, it it, it is going to eventually change the way I hunt. Meaning, if I'm hunting a pinch, I'm gonna put myself in position where I'm downwind of that scrape and I'm gonna try to get deer J-hooking into that rope-a-dope system and uh, checking it out. So, um, if you're unfamiliar with Code Blue, visit CodeBlueSense.com. Check out the rope dope for sure. But they also offer really high quality. And um, I've done a podcast with them before where we talk about the quality of their products and the quality control steps that they do to ensure that their pro- uh, products are quality. But they have real and synthetic deer urines. They have uh, more mock scrape type kits. They have scent elimination products. Uh, laundry detergents, soaps, uh, shampoos, those types of things. So CodeBlueSense.com, and I do have a discount code, and that discount code is NFC20. So go check out CodeBlueSense. That's it. We're done with the intro. Let's get into today's episode where we talk about new products from Pure Archery Group. Three two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we are talking with Todd Snader from Pure Archery Group. Todd, man, it's been a while since I've talked to you. It has, man. Probably about a whole year. We were a little close to hunting season last year, but uh, yeah, yeah, been about a year. I'll tell you what, um, every year there's one person who is very hard to schedule, who's very hard to get cornered so I can, and this year you take that award. Hardest, uh, I'll take hardest it. <laughs> person to get a hold of, Todd Snader. There you go. There you go. Well, it's been busy, man. A yeah. lot of shows and, yeah. uh, yeah, from a marketing perspective, we've been going out hitting a lot of the consumer shows as well. And, uh, yeah, it's good. No, like, we like getting out there. Heck yeah. Um, so what, just remind me again, what's your title? with PR i'm brand Archer. manager brand manager yes okay. well, I'm, I'm brand manager all of, uh over all of our brands here so it's uh yeah it definitely keeps me hopping there yeah there you go all right i know you're a i know you're a hunter right and some oh some, yeah sometimes oh, yeah. sometimes the people who are in 
your types of positions, especially with these companies starting to do what Pure Archery does and you start buying all mm-hmm. these other brands, mm-hmm. you start to get the, how do I put this? You get the, the corporate side of a business as things start to right. get bigger. And sometimes you like the individuals move away from having a connection to hunting in, in the outdoors, but you're a hunting nut. How was your season this oh, year? Yeah. Um, last year was, uh, pretty good. Um, not great in Oregon. The, the, I hunt a lot of central Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that area over there had a pretty bad winter kill. Traditionally where I hunt at, there was a lot of animals. We mm-hmm. had cameras out and we're seeing animals like crazy out there. My buddy went out and set up the camper and everything else where we camp at. And he was checking cameras and he called me. He's like, it is not good. He's just nothing on the cameras elk or deer mm-hmm. we have a lot of uh, even uh, just on elk corridor where they're traveling through because it's not as wooded mm-hmm. i don't know if those of you that uh, know central oregon is what <laughs> very well it's hot, high, high desert kind of deserty but um so they're just we're just hitting travel areas and uh there was just nothing really um they uh, we saw a few deer he went out and uh, saw a, a group one group and it was actually the day before i was headed out there got out predominantly there's no trees so like yeah. i said so you you're blind you're blind hunting a ladder spot and stock but you couldn't even really put a stock on anything out there i mean we weren't we were glassing we were uh getting up on top of some some hills there and doing some spotting scooping we just weren't seeing animals yeah um saw i was in one blind and i had a hit on one of our cameras a couple spikes coming through elk and uh they were just traveling through never saw them again um yeah, it wasn't good. They and uh, we talked to a lot of the local guys out there, and they said that they had a pretty bad winter kill. Yeah, in that area, um, I did a an axis hunt uh, in June, and um, with Paige Pierce, one of our pro shooters, we did a, a pretty cool giveaway yeah. at an all expense paid trip with a, a gal that had won. It had an awesome time out there. But if you're an axis hunter, you know you've, you've got to hunt water, especially in the June time, and uh, it rained a lot for the first few weeks before we got out there and we got in and there was just water everywhere. Um, so not a lot of hunting over water, but a lot of spot and stock. I got in pretty close to a group and I just got busted just because the group was so big. I just couldn't get a shot. I crawled in on my belly and, uh, got within 50 yards of pretty big stud. And I just, I couldn't draw. I was surrounded by the little dinkers. Um, I did almost get walked on by a pretty big tarantula down there. So that would, that, uh, livened up the hunt. So nice. <laughs> I was, I was crawling, put my, my, my hand down with my bow in it, watching, uh, watching this axis. And I looked over to get ready to move my hand. It was probably no exaggeration, a foot from my hand, wow. a pretty big tarantula down there. He could have cared less. I was there. He yeah. was just trucking on through, but it'll stop you in your tracks. So, oh man. Um, those types, know, so those types of moments you remember, I was in South yeah. Dakota, yeah. Um, and you know how, like, the plateau, I don't know if you've ever been to South Dakota or some of the, mm-hmm. the Dakotas, well, you get these plateaus come, you know, in, in the Badland country, you get these pl- plateaus, and when they drop off, there's, like, a little bit of dirt, and then there's all this exposed rock before that erosion, you know, it slopes down. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yep. I'm sitting on that little berm, and I'm glassing, and I hear this little it's not, uh, it's like a, a dragging noise or whatever. I look down mm-hmm. at my boots and there's a rattlesnake 
Oh, no, I wouldn't say he's gigantic, but he was probably four yeah. foot long. And he was just slowly working his way right in front of my boots. And I was like, oh, my. Like, I just, I had these flashes yeah. like, okay, if I get bit, I'm going to die in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the same way in, the te- in Texas because they were out then mostly, usually when they go down there, they're not yeah. out. Yeah. But it was with Mike Stroff, Savage Outdoors. I'm sure everybody knows who that guy is. We were down there. And he told me, he's like, wear snake boots. He goes, they're yeah. out, especially spot stock. But I didn't see one, you yeah. know, which was fortunate. Um, and I'm pretty aware of what I'm doing. I've hunted enough down there with him that, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm keeping my wits about me watching for him. So, um, but really my year was pretty, I did a lot of, sp- a lot of stuff. I had to cancel a couple hunts later in the year. So I didn't get to do a lot of a whitetail. I was going to go out, um, out to Grigsby with Mike. I didn't get a chance to go out there. We had, had to cancel the trip. But uh, so overall, my last year wasn't great. The year mm-hmm. before was phenomenal. But last year, I guess, you know, you got to have those years that just nothing going on. But yeah. Uh, so, yep, absolutely. Not for trying, though. Yeah. And so I don't know. Or you're done for the year, right? I'm done. There's certain, yeah. there's some states that are I think are still going. But I think for the most part, North America is pretty much done as far as big games. Yeah, concerned. we you can get special tags here in Oregon we're pretty much done like for hunt for deer mm-hmm. I had uh for uh eastern Oregon or central Oregon it's a draw tag and where I hunt it's uh, mule deer it's it's 400 tags in the unit and they only give out you get 200 applicants there too mm-hmm. but you can get some special stuff but the downside is if you draw a special tag out there you can't hunt off a of general tag during we have a second season here uh, yeah um, and you can't get a general tag. They have some, usually have some leftover stuff, but, um, so you can get some rifle stuff. It's kind of weird here. You can hunt rifle or archery, um, other than special tags. So I didn't get in any special tags gotcha. this year. So, gotcha. so yeah, we're done. We're done getting, looking forward to Turkey here pretty quick. Uh, I'm going to try to, I'm a Turkey fanatic. I'm hooked on that stuff. So that's coming up quick, fortunately. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Today we're going to talk about new products from mm-hmm. Pure Archery Group. Okay, now Pure Archery Groups. W- would you consider this a holding company? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. pretty much an umbrella company for realistically six brands there. So gotcha. Um, and and that Pure Archery Group's more of a kind of a, a a dealer thing too. Especially when our reps go in, they you know they have they represent the portfolio of brands. Right. So they uh, not necessarily just a bow tech rep, but all of our, our guys are internal. So all of our sales guys, I should gotcha. say internal, but they, they're not rep groups. We mean, all of our guys are direct employees, but they can go in and rep the portfolio of brands for pure archery groups. So. Yeah. And so we have Bowtech, Excalibur, Diamond Archery, Black and Gold, Tight Spot, Ripcord, mm-hmm. and Octane. And we're going to get mm-hmm. into a couple of these uh, yep. real quick. Um, let me ask you a question that i have people reach out to me about and every time i any time i talk about products sometimes there's some products out there brands out there there's a lot of hype uh around them and then you know they they get a great customer base and then something happens Mm -hmm. and they get sold to a holding company, whether that's mm-hmm. like Fairdyne or that's Pure Archery Group or something like that. And then you start to hear buzz about maybe the product quality not being there like it used to be when it was a a smaller, more intimate company, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So whenever you guys pick up a brand, 
or and bring it into your guys under your guys's umbrella what do you what are you guys doing to ensure the the continued quality of that product well the great thing you know you meant you mentioned uh you know just kind of ownership uh we we we're under new ownership as of about two years ago now jdh capital and it's the great thing about it's not a private equity firm Mm -hmm. it's an individual owner he does have a management group but it's private owner uh, Jeff Hildebrandt out of Texas. And the great thing about him, he is very competitive. He's a Botech shooter before he even purchased the, the Pure Archer Group, the, the Botech LLC. He is an archery hunter. His son shot Botech, but he is very competitive. And the one thing he does not, he's from Texas. You know, guys in Texas, they do not like to go yeah. small or lose. Yep. Um, and out of the gate, he wanted to be aggressive. He wanted us to go out there and make sure our product it dominates yeah. so he's not going to cut corners he's not going to cut corners on the operations um and that's the big thing you yeah. always when you always see see owners come in and they want to go lean somewhere mm-hmm. um and usually operations is where it hits first yeah. because you want to try to to reduce those costs in operations the business he does not want to do that he puts he wanted to put his money into um better testing of, of products across the board, um, just quality components um, and making the best out there. He did from arrow rest to quivers, to bows, to crossbows. He does not want to be second to none. And I yeah. should say he, but the JDH capital as a whole and, it, and across the, across all of our brands. So really what we've stood for forever is what he wanted to continue and make even better. Um, you're testing through rebranding through yeah. ripcord arrow rest is a good one. Total rebrand this year, total new product this year. Um, some really technological advances for consumers. You know, you guys got gearheads out here that want to work on their own stuff. That's what we want to really focus on is creating products that won't let them down, but also be easy to use and easy to do themselves, you know, yeah. from, from Botech to Ripcord Excalibur. Gotcha. Across the board. So, gotcha. yeah. so that's a great place, Ripcord, uh, for mm-hmm. several years. I mean, I mean, I don't even know, 13 years. Yeah, um, a long time. Yeah, long time. I, I shot a a ripcord air arrest. It wasn't until recently, and it wasn't necessarily because of any type of failures or anything. It was just to try basically something different. Right. I, I switched. I switched. But talk to us a little bit about this rebrand. Why the mm-hmm. rebrand and some mm-hmm. of these new products? Yeah. Well, ripcord's been one of the the leading rest in the industry for really since day one just because well you know he sought out to to create the best rest out there there's kind of a a lot of players i shouldn't say a ton of players but since then there's been a lot of players in the market and there's a lot of great arrow rests out there like you said you know you try something different and there's a lot there coming to the top as as some uh some players that in the industry that are coming up quick um, and that's one thing with our rests. We again, we've always been great, but it was time to make an update. There's a lot of tech technology out there that we really wanted to to go out and and dominate. We really wanted to go head to head with, and new technology we wanted to, we were ready to bring to market. Um, no, hold the rest looked totally different. We felt it was a good time to do a rebrand. Um, if you go look at Arrow Rest until now, if you on the shelf. Colors look the same. Packaging looks the same. The rest themselves are relatively the same. There's a little uniqueness what they look like. Um, but it's hard to really differentiate who's who on the shelf. So that's why we wanted to do that rebrand. And it, it aligned perfectly with that product. So 
no more red and black. There's so many rests out there that are red and black or just brands and archery that are general, they're red and black. Went to that neon green color, lighter color in the packaging so you can see it on the shelf. It looks really, really premium. Mm -hmm. The packaging itself is really, really premium. We relied heavily on clamshells. Um, that's one of those things that we talked about, a cost reduction, but we wanted to become premium, even more premium with that packaging. So got away from the the look of that clamshell, a really cool looking box. Uh, and the rest themselves, a lot of features in there and the new technology um, and really simplified lines. So we had, I think, five different rests coming up till now. Now we have three, mm -hmm. um, some core products in that line. So we have the ratchet limb driven, the ratchet cable driven and what we call the rack rest rak which we stole that name from both and i'll explain more on that but um those two ratchet rests have a new technology that we had uh, referenced making it easy for the consumer to set up now i don't want to take anything away from a dealer setting up your product and we always want your dealer to to um set up your product but out of the gate you, know, you may have something where you, we're all we're all guys even even ladies out there where we're guys even if we say we have our dealer set up our stuff, deep down, we want to work on our own stuff. We want to set it up or we want to be able to work on it when something happens to it um, or something happens to our bow in the field. So this new technology is called Ratchet, um, the Ratchet system with speed set technology. So basically it gives you the ability to set up the rest in seconds make quick adjustments without the need of extra tools or putting it in a bow press um, limb driven rest is a good example so normally you have to set your draw length you set up your knock height set up your center shot um, then you have to go in un loosen it up with an aller wrench pull your cable through tighten it back down with this ratchet system you can set up that rest, set up your knock height center shot, and all you do is you unlock the wheel, push your rest down, and lock it again. Those little cables, everybody knows whether it's a cable driven or living driven rest, your pull cord will stretch. Mm -hmm. With the ratchet system, you don't have to do all that again. Unlock it, pull the cable through, try to hold it tight. All you do is you unlock a set, a set screw on it, do a click in the wheel, and lock it back down and take up the slack. So it's that within seconds. The same thing with the cable driven. Cable driven is where the cable driven rest is traditionally where it takes a little more time to set up just because you have to draw it back. You have to put it, it has to go in that cock position up. And that takes a little trial and error, especially if you try your uh, change your draw length. Mm -hmm. With that cable driven, it's the same thing. You draw it, set your cable length, let it back down, and put one click in it, lock it back down, and then you set that preload tension in it. So you don't have to have all that trial and error. Yeah. And again, if that cable stretches, you just put one more click into it and take up the slack um, as it's set in. Yeah. So that so we have two variations there. So and that's um, the variations are cable driven and limb driven, right? Yep. yep. So the ratchet. And yep. then there's the rack. So the rack doesn't have that speed set technology in it, but it's a new rest that's kind of that mid-price point uh, rest, that down and dirty, just get it done, something you don't want to necessarily need all the bells and whistles on, yeah. um, and, but you, it's something that's a little easier on the wallet. If somebody's upgrading from, let's say, a whisker biscuit or full capture rest, they went into a drop away. That's where that rack comes in. Um, we've had the Code Red X previously one of our best rests out there most durable this is an evolution of that uh, more simple parts inside 
um, less things to fail. You know, more moving parts means more things to fail. So smoother operation, plus it can be uh, locked in the cocked uh, up position where the Code Red X previously couldn't. You can preload that launcher. So if you're letting down, it doesn't fall unless you fire it, it'll fall. So gotcha. Um, three core rests there basically in the lineup um, for year one. You know, we're always evolving every year. So it's something we wanted to really make it simple for consumers to use consumers to work on consumers to set up themselves in that brand so yeah we're when it comes to new technologies and making adjustments let's and we're, i want to talk about rests here um sure. do you think that some people over engineer their rests because I, I feel like and correct me if i'm wrong i feel like if I buy a rest, it should be very simple to attach to my bow. If I want to mm -hmm. do it myself, it should be very simple to hook up, you know, follow the instructions, hook up a, a cable or hook up a limb and, and start shooting instantly. Exactly. Exactly. And hundred percent. I mean, you see rests out there with springs and you have to have the spring tension correct on the pull cord to make it operate to the, to the you know fall at the right speed and there's a lot of little nuances you have to set up correctly um and that's what ripcord is about making it quick and easy to get up get out in the field and start shooting that that's why we have that speed set technology and just everything about the whole rest is easy to set up yeah. to get out and shoot yeah and so did you guys remove on on the ratchet uh the i guess it's, it doesn't matter that whether it's cable driven or limb driven it's the same it's mm -hmm. the, it's the same, right? So, when it comes to that rest specifically, did you guys actually remove springs and pins and extra part, like make the the rest more efficient in this new design? Hundred percent smoother operation. Even we talk about the rack, but even the ratchets, less moving parts, and even in the ratchet rest, the cable driven and limb driven. Yeah, um, really simplified internally. Um, smooth, like I said, smoother operation because of that, and you're just not going to have things go wrong in it, just because of that reason. Gotcha. Yeah, I've heard. You know, you hear these horror stories about maybe some moisture, or some mm -hmm. very fine sediment, sand, dirt gets into some of the cracks and some of these releases, and they just do not work. No. And, and so no. when you remove those mo moving parts, it that moisture that sand or sediment or whatever it is that gets in there is is not going to affect it as much no exactly we were talking about when i was in texas crawling on the ground on your belly yep. bow in the dirt you got to be able to know that you're going to pick up that bow and it's going to operate like it's supposed to that rest is going to operate like it's supposed to gotcha gotcha uh anything else new or coming down the pipe with ripcord uh, Ripcord, it's uh, we're we're really into the now that we've rolled out the new line uh, in January, January first to the ATA show. We're we are full tilt into new product development for next year. You know, I can't really uh, put a lot out there as far as what we're coming out with. Exciting stuff. That brand is going to continue to grow mm -hmm. um, across the board. New features. You know, we always want to expand it. You get a lot of people. You know, I don't don't want to let a ton out of the bag, but there's growth into potentially even the target areas eventually. Those other target archers that want the simplicity of ripcord the ease of setup of ripcord you know i'm not saying that's where we're going but ultimately you want to you want to have a well-rounded outline um yeah we're excited it, we said right now as soon as we we launched we're back into into product development usually two years ahead of time um so we're already 
developing that going into testing a new product for next year gotcha cool um let's see here kind of going back you you said ata show and before Mm -hmm. i before i move on i have to ask this question did did pure archery group go to ata show this year yes sir yeah okay we do all right yep there's not many brands that went we we went and it's good for us we do that because we want facetime with folks you know our dealers our reps are always on the phone. They get to as many as those de- those dealers as they can. We have a lot of dealers, but it's the FaceTime, be able to sit down, talk with pe- people from media. I'm able to sit down and see those guys that normally I'm doing this, you know, doing yep. podcasts or teams. Yep. Shake hands. You know, it's it's be able to get out in the field like that too. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know. Why do you think the and this is my opinion looking at looking at the ATA show? Why do you think? that companies are stepping away from the ATA show? Um, I think a lot of it, there's a lot of expense there. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I'm sure that's a big piece of it too. And so many companies out there pre-sell mm-hmm. a lot of times as well. And we do it as well, but there to us, you know, there's value there to yeah. be, able, like I said, to be able to meet with people in person, just sit down, have that FaceTime, um, just have that environment. Yeah. You want to be, you know, there's a lot, there's still a lot of people there that aren't, um, outside of bow companies and there's you know there's some of the key players there too and some of those bow companies do their own events um but we want the access to the people that aren't necessarily bow tech dealers or yep. bow tech users to be able to convert those people obviously our jobs you know we want to convert people over to bow tech and it's it's getting out there shaking hands yeah meeting people yeah i feel that I, like i feel that the face-to-face part of business is so important and Mm -hmm. when you just go straight digital in or phone calls and you're not meeting with these people i don't know i you lose you lose something you you lose something so uh all right so i want to skip to a brand here that i'll just say it excalibur crossbows Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. now I talked with some, uh, it wasn't you, maybe it was somebody else. Um, and there, there hasn't been a lot of change to the Excalibur crossbow in the, in the recent years. Okay. And so, you know, it's just the way they look, there's no cams on them. Um, Mm -hmm. and so the question I have for you is as crossbows are becoming more popular and as new brands and older brands are coming in with these really slick designs, how does Excalibur keep up with that? You know, it really comes down to things that go wrong. Um, you see a lot of these companies that have cams Mm -hmm. have, have had some quality issues. I mean, there's one that just came out i'm not gonna mention any names that has a major recall um and it comes down to there's a lot of moving parts in in bows like that and with excalibur we want to keep things really like what i talked about ripcord you know really simple easy easy to use durable and reliable um and that's where that that recurve design has held you know just stood for so long 40 years it was 40 years anniversary last year um and and that's what we've built that brand on and as we continue to evolve that we want to make things outside of just the recurve design things easier to use especially like cocking the crossbow letting down the crossbow just user interaction user interface we came out with the rev x this year um, which was assassin has been one of our most popular crossbows in the excalibur line for a long time we 
came out the Rev X as an evolution of that to make it even more simple, lighter weight, and more balanced. So it has the integrated uh, crank system, um, but it's slimmed down. Mm -hmm. It's easier to use. Um, and ultimately, people say it's – but we all know crossbows sometimes can be a little intimidating yep. if you've not used them a lot. So mm -hmm. especially when you have something in an integrated crank where you're cocking it and even letting it down – we wanted to make it so simple and so easy to use people overcome that that uh kind of that that notion that it's maybe unsafe yeah. and crossbows as general and i've had people that have used that rev x that like their their confidence has soared in using a crossbow yeah um that's our big new one and we did a line extension too with the suppressor extreme which is the more compact um it's a faster um faster crossbow in the suppressor line but Overall, I mean, that's the biggest piece there, too, is how we compete with those brands is you don't see the issues like you see with those other brands out there. And a lot of it is just keeping it simple, keeping it durable, keeping it reliable. Yeah. All right. I do got to talk about an old product here because when it came out, it was almost all people were talking about. And that was the twin strike, right? Oh, yeah. Two, yeah. two arrows cocked at the same time. And uh, I forget, did it, did it have two triggers? Yes. Okay, two triggers yep, on it. Yep, the front and back. Yep. yep. And so, uh, man, whether you like it or you didn't like it, it was new, it was innovative, it was something different. Mm -hmm. How did that product turn out for you guys? It was really good. It was, to be fully transparent, it's one of those ones that was, it became, there's a lot of states that really looked at their their laws once that came out because yeah. there was a lot of gray area in how crossbow laws were written and most of them were the the language summarizing and most of them were a, uh, firing one arrow with a single pull of a string mm -hmm. or they couldn't fire more than one arrow which the twin strike was double string double trigger so it was a double pull of string so it, it fired one arrow per string but we ran into a couple cases where states changed their laws after that um and we sold a lot of twin strikes there was a lot of people saw the value there in those in, into those states that they were legal in texas was really really big because of the hog population that's what i was thinking and, about yeah yeah that that was just and i did i hunted with it with turkey quite a bit i really like being able to do that um i've i've taken two turkeys at, at one sit a, uh, twice i did it um, there was one that I I made a, a shot at a turkey, and he basically did a full matrix on on the shot. He rolled, and that first arrow passed right under his wing as he rolled, and I just hit him with the second arrow, and he dropped on the spot. Yeah, that's what was nice. I had that ability to do that, but um, he said there's I I don't know that it took off as good as we thought it was going to go. Yeah, but we were we were excited. You know, we we had an evolution of the twin stroke. We had the tack two, a little lighter weight, mm -hmm. um, not as not as quite as fast one. Um, that uh, is still we're still selling now as well, and there's they're still selling good. So awesome. All right, so I got a since we're on the topic of crossbows, um, I have my own personal thoughts on crossbows mm -hmm. and whether or not they are considered archery. Okay. And so my question to you is, are crossbows archery? I believe so. Yes. Um, you know, it's a horizontal bow. Um, I think it's, you get a lot of negative, mm -hmm. negative 
persona, I don't say persona, perception sometimes mm-hmm. on crossbow hunters. And it's just like vertical bow hunters. I've seen just as many knucklehead vertical bow hunters as I've seen knucklehead crossbow hunters out there. And I get a lot of, it's it's a lot of the the traditional vertical bow hunters because of the practice. Mm-hmm. We, we know there's a lot more practice in vertical bow hunting. We know there's a lot less practice needed in crossbow hunting. Mm-hmm. But I think as in the archery space as a whole, we need to really embrace any opportunity to get people into our space. And it becomes education on that. You know, again, I've seen just as many knuckleheads either way. So um, I see there's value there for people that can't vertical bow hunt, um, physically impaired. Um, you get youth yep. in there that yep. you want to get started earlier. There's still that rifle hunter that you want to get over into the space and extend their season. And I think it's all of us as archers to really begin, make sure we're educating people in the, in the use um, ethical hunting with it. Um, because you know, and there's fanboys, you know, there's, you, you get more fanboys on the vertical bow side and it's, it's a, you never overcome that. You'll yeah. never overcome that because it's just like the vertical bow brands themselves, you know, yeah. you, you'll never overcome that. But I think we, um, we just need to really come together as, as archers to make sure we're helping educate those people out there. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, so the next the next product uh, we're gonna go talk about here. Let me pull it up, and that is tight spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had tight spots on my bows before. Really like what uh, you know what you guys do with with. I just feel like it's a very durable quality product. That's it. You know, it's it's it holds air, it holds arrows. Mm-hmm. It's cool, but it's durable, and that's that's why I, I have used them in the past. Anything cool and exciting for tight spot this year? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too. With Tight Spot, it's kind of like Ripcord. We've been around a long time and one of the most reliable brands out there. Matter of fact, we just won uh, Bow Hunting World's uh, Reader's Choice Award again, and it's uh, I think we've won it eight out of eleven, eight out of eleven years over the last eleven years, eight times out of eleven years. Yeah, that that says a lot about the brand. There's mm-hmm. a lot of that's a saturated space out there when we talk about quivers. I mean, there's a lot of quivers out there. Um, this year we came out with, uh, what we call the airlock. Um, it's a new single spine quiver. So those of you that shoot tight spot now we've had, we have double spine quivers. Um, this year we wanted to come out with something a little lighter weight. There's a lot of people, a lot of in the competitive set coming out with that type of quiver. Um, we wanted to get in there and with use tight spots, quality tight spots, engineering to create something in that space that again dominates that single spine quiver so we went away from on that one the round rod it the single uh, carbon woven uh, carbon uh, carbon fiber spine is hexagon shaped yeah so you don't deal with that spinning especially mm-hmm. if you lay your quiver down if the spot if you're crawling yep. um you bump it over it doesn't spin in the clamp mm-hmm. um it's a nice lightweight quiver four arrow quiver it has an in- integrated we call it uh, the versa clip something you take take for granted normally you have like some kind of hanging loop we have a kind of a mini carabiner is is basically what you can equate it to something that you can clip on your backpack you can clip on a branch um i use it like if i'm turkey hunting in a blind we have there's those little loops for your roll-up windows they have the little p-shaped nut on there i'll hang it and clip it in that little thing and i have my quiver like right over i usually clip it over my right shoulder that way i can grab an arrow um and we actually 
use we have that design over on the Votex side, which we'll talk about a little bit more on a new quiver as well. But that's called the Airlock uh, Four Arrow Arrow Quiver. Um, been popular out of the gate. We launched that one in November, um, and it's a really really good extension in that line where somebody wants something. Uh, a little more lightweight. I let, it's not quite as long as like our standard XL quiver. Um, and if you just need four arrows out, out in the field, that's your your go-to quiver right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I just automatically think of saddle hunters. You know, these are, mm-hmm. the, these are the guys who want the lightest of everything. You know, they're, they're the typical public land, ounce counting, even out west, right? Ounce mm-hmm. counting guys going back in, you know, they don't want to carry a ton of weight this looks like it's built for those types of people yeah very minimalistic yeah. that's a good point there with that tree saddle saddle type you know you don't have a big big uh you know i don't want to say clunky now that our other ones are clunky but something you want something yeah. min, minimal weight minimal uh space it needs to take up again you can if you have your pack hanging on your stand your hook if you're a saddle hunter you just clip that to your pack and it's right there yeah uh, and here's the thing like I, because this is the way I think, I look at that, and then I scroll down on the page, and um, we're going to talk about the next one, the shift lock, here in a second. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I look at these two, and I look at the air lock, and I go, hmm, is that going to be tough enough for me? Because mm-hmm. I am part of my equipment, you know, especially when I go out west, I'm tromping through all different types of terrain and vegetation, and I want to make sure it's built tough. Is the mm-hmm. airlock up to that kind of abuse? Oh, 100%. And we back out the warranty, too. And we, if we didn't, you know, if we didn't think it was going to take that abuse, you know, we wouldn't get in a lifetime warranty. Yeah. You know, we, it's it's definitely going to take that abuse. Um, I've used it in the field before it even came out. Crawling in Texas, mm-hmm. I'm going to use that hunt again. I had that thing dragging through the Texas scrub, uh, through mesquite, spot stalk, yeah. axis, and it came back for more no problems with it and that was a prototype one so you know you get prototype normally there's prototype fasteners 3d printed parts things like that we have, we're in full production components now too they'll definitely take a beating yeah that's awesome all right i like i like where this next one's going the the shift lock because mm-hmm. i think every single person out there wished at some point especially if you have a longer draw length and you're shooting longer arrows, you wish that you had a quiver that was a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Right? And so talk to us about the, the shift lock. Yeah, the shift lock's all about versatility. So um, it gives you the ability to shoot. If you're a whitetail hunter, you don't need that extra length. If you're going to take your quiver off your bow, if you're in the stand, you can have that shorter quiver where you don't need that if you're not shooting it with it on you don't need that extra vibration dampening mm-hmm. um, or you can lengthen that all the way out and mimic our xl quivers where you get that better arrow retention further out on the arrows to your point if you're longer draw length the air, air, arrows are a little bit longer if you're a spot stock hunter you're not going to take it off it minimizes the sound and minimizes the the vibration when you're out there doing it so it's it's about versatility so you have a quiver if you're if you do both you know, if you if you switch it up, you're a whitetail hunter. You go out hunting elk. You can switch your quiver and not have to go buy a whole nother quiver to uh, to minimize the vibration on your on your shot on while you're hunting. Yeah, and that's a that's a great point. I was I was just thinking about guys who shoot longer arrows. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And 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 so it's you know again when you're spot and stalking or you're you're 
crawling up a hill with your bow in one hand and maybe a rangefinder in the other, uh, sometimes that gets caught on some shit and it right. pops the arrow out. And yep. I feel like yep. this would hold the arrows arrows better. It does, yeah. Especially when you get the longer length out there, you know, yep. you don't. It's a little different if you have the shorter quiver, but again, extend it out if you're going to go do that. Extend it out, and you have that versatility to do whatever you want, depending on the hunting yeah. situation. So. Yeah. And is is the pivot two point five new? Or is that? Uh, it's about two years old. Two years That's old. Our, our okay. quiver, yeah, it's about two years old now. So okay, so this is a cool design, and and the the first I look at it, and the first question that I have is, does that that uh, uh, quiver it does it affect balance of the bow if you have it tight to the riser or if you mm-hmm. have it further away from the riser? Always does. Yeah, it always does. So it gives you the versatility to adjust that balance. So offset arrow, uh, arrow accessories. So your sight, depending on, you know, your quaver, sorry, your, your sight, your arrow rest, um, you can ad- customize that to help offset those other accessories as well. So you can go in and out forward and back. A lot of two piece quivers only give you a couple uh, points of adjustment mm-hmm. so maybe three positions you can pivot it forward or in or out because of the way this is designed in the telescoping carbon rods you really have an infinite amount in that range i shouldn't say you know you don't have full 360 degrees but you have a greater range of adjustability than the typical two-piece quiver out there to do exactly what you just said and again it goes to the length of your arrows as well if you have a little shorter arrow you can slide that in adjust it in a little closer for a two-piece or extend that out for a, a longer arrow if you're a 30 inch guy 29 inch guy you can grip further out on the arrow minimize that vibration in the sound gotcha and so i'm looking at this connected to a bow on mm-hmm. the on the website and do those screw sets on the riser are the are they standard on all bows it's a little different so your your mounting holes your yeah mounting, your mounting uh, holes yeah. Right. yeah they are different between bows so um some have triangle some have an octagon matthews kind of has a dedicated um a teardrop shape is probably the best way to describe it so they have a circular cut out with a, like a little dip in it so it's unique to them and it keeps it from spinning mm-hmm. so that pivot comes with all the different adapters that will fit all those different models so gotcha. we want to make sure any any bow out there um virtually any bow i think i think there was only one maybe the elite and we updated one of them to be universal for the elite i think it was the elite that was a little different than PSC and Botech and Hoyt and Matthews. Gotcha. Um, but now we hit them all. So how much of a job is it keeping up with, you know, especially when you are making accessories and this, this is a ripcord question too, or really any um, accessory that is put on a bow. How much work is it keeping up with all the changes of all the bows every single year so that your accessory fits on all the new bows that are coming out? Um, it's, it's definitely work. You want to make sure you stay ahead of the game. The nice thing about things like that, they generally don't change too much Mm -hmm. because those brands usually have their own accessories as well. Um, and they don't want to have to obsolete one of their prior year accessories and be able to. So nice thing is they don't change that. And, and realistically tight spot being a, a standalone brand, 
more so under the, under our whole company, we we still have good lines of communication with those companies as well because we want to make sure we're producing product for for the companies that may necessarily even have a quiver in their lineup. So actually, there's a one company out there that owns an accessory company we license the tight spot quivers to. Um, there's a good partnership there. So for the most part, there's some out there that have their dedicated and they don't want to play. But for the most part, most companies will make sure that if they're changing something in a site cutout, if they're changing something in a, a quiver mount, pretty good communi- lines of communication so we can get ahead of that stuff. Gotcha. Uh, anything else from uh, Tight Spot that we need to know about? Uh, no, that was our big one this year is the, is the airlock. So more big things coming for that, Bram. Okay. Into this next year, so we're we're excited. You got the rest with ripcord. You got the quiver with tight spot, and now we got black and gold. All right, and that's a bow sight mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. What was the new and improved product uh, from Black and Gold this year? Uh, this year we did not come out with the new site. Okay, uh, we came out with the dual track previously. Um, this year we put a lot of our resources, uh, black gold resources, into creating a premium site line over on the Botex side. Okay. Um, yeah, we wanted to really expand our portfolio on Botex to offer not only premium bows, but also premium accessories, not just in the sights, but a couple other accessories as well. So uh, nothing new with, with Black Gold um, this year. We're going to we have a couple uh, accessories that we're kind of branching over from that new Botex, uh, Botex technology, site technology into to for current black gold users to adapt their sites to that. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing new with black gold this year. Okay. So are you going to eventually take black and gold and make that the, the Botech accessory company and eventually get rid of black and gold? No, no. no Bo- okay. Black gold will always stay standalone because there are so many, users of other brands out there archers that are shooting matthews hoyt psc everybody out there that shoot black gold yeah so that's why even when we go to events and things like that black gold will always have a, a generally standalone tent we talked about fanboys a little bit too you don't want you don't want everything under necessarily under Botech and a guy walks up with a matthews they may not come to the tent and talk about the product so we want to be able to make sure we're still creating a product out there the best site product out there for people to use it on their non-botech brands as well we would hope they shoot botech but you want to make sure you're you're making those, those black gold sites for everybody gotcha all right so uh let's get into that then uh Mm -hmm. let's talk about why did did Botech decide to say, okay, we want Botech accessories? Yeah. So this year, it, it really ties in with our new bows this year. Um, we came out with a couple key flagships this year, mm-hmm. the Core. So we have the Core SR and the Core SS. And we have a new integrated site system. So there's a couple other companies out there. Matthews and Hoyt have a really good integrated site system. Matthews has their bridge lock and we, and uh, Hoyt has their inline system with a pick rail mount on the front. Yep. Um, we have so many people asking for it in Bowtech. Um, we created our own version. That's a little slimmer, a little lighter weight. Those that's why we call those both, both those bows core, the core SR, which is our speed bow core SS, which is our super smooth. Those other yep. Botex users for a long time know what that SS means. We had the solution, we had the realm, just a super smooth offering where the SR means speed redefine a smooth drawing fast bow. So with that integrated site system on our, we call it center mass technology. 
it's designed to move the mass weight of that site closer to the center line of the of the boat mm-hmm. now this the the site bar itself isn't in the center but it moves the center of that mass to the center of the boat um so with that it was logical we had to create a, a black gold site or a Bowtech site with center mass technology built on the black gold frame. Okay. So this year we offered um, basically it's a center mass Pro HD. So we had the we had the black golds uh, Pro HD three, five, and single pin. So now we have the center mass uh, uh, Pro HD site in those same pin configurations. We also did the center mass dual track. So the dual track is our most recent um, site on the black gold side with the double double up pin, uh, double stack. So basically one one pin with the second pin in line with it. So we offer the center mass site in that as well. So we have that accessory line that supports the premium bows, but we expanded that beyond sites. Um, we have a full what we call the center mass accessory line. We wanted to create accessories that help optimize the balance in the boat so we have the sights with that center mass technology for the bar we have a whole new line of premium stabilizers and sidebar mounts back bars so we have a six eight ten and a twelve front stabilizer we have sidebar mounts both a universal and a dedicated bowtech one i'll talk about a little bit on the course um a a sidebar a lot of people are going to that and then those same front bars will mount on the side if somebody wants to run that yeah. um, sidebar mount. So, yeah. um, as well as an airlock quiver over on the Bowtech side called the center mass four arrow quiver. It's a little different than the, the airlock where the airlock's a little longer. The center mass one's just a tick shorter. Same features, the hex rod plus that uh, Versa clip in there as well, but it's branded under Bowtech. So we have a pretty much a full line of accessories other than arrow rest um, on Bowtech side as well to support those new products. So so basically what you've done is you've just taken the uh, products from the uh, from the other companies under Pure Archery yep. Group and have branded them Bowtech. Yep, yep. So they they developed all those products, little little variations in there, but we wanted to take the best accessories on the market if we're going to create an accessory line in Bowtech to offer that to users that want everything Bowtech. So if they go out and buy a core, one of the brand new 2024 cores, mm-hmm. we've got a site form, we've got a quiver form, we've got stabilizers form that want all that branded stuff out there on their bow. Gotcha. Um, and they can go to their Bowtech dealer carries it all right there and they can buy it when they're buying the bow, get it all yeah. together. Did you guys outsource your stabilizer from another company? Yeah, so that's when when it's it's new. It's not another accessory company. So yeah. it's we're not having let's say Big B Stinger make it or AAE. It is dedicated to us. Um, it is outsourced, but uh, so that is a unique um, unique to us. The yeah. center mass stabilizer. So gotcha. It's just a product that you've essentially paid another company design or create mm-hmm. design for yep. for both yeah we just des- gotcha. we design it and they yeah our, our engineers here design that those, those stabilizers and then we have another uh we have a supplier that that makes them for us so gotcha uh anything cool with those ex- uh, anything else cool with those accessories that we need to know about um, no, it's pretty straightforward yeah. um, like I said we wanted to make sure we really rounded out that line to support those those two big bows then we had more than those those core bows but uh yeah 
um, that whole center mesh technology, we wanted to make sure again, you know, we had the best accessories to support those two bows out there. So, yeah, it, it's cool. I'm basically seeing every company do this now, right? I can go to the Bowtech website and I can buy everything that I need mm -hmm. for my bow right there, right? Almost in a package deal kind of way. And yep. so it is, it is, that is what not just the hunting industry, but everything is going to one-stop shop mentality, right? Mm -hmm. we, we want to make sure that all of, all of your needs are taken care of right here. Yep. The only thing we don't do is bows for with Bowtech. We're not going to sell bows direct. We okay. want to make sure they're getting those bows um, direct through a dealer because they're, you know, we want to make sure they're getting it properly set up and everything else out of the gate. We do sell the accessories direct um, if people want to buy them through yeah. the website there. We do, we do offer that to you. If somebody has a prior model uh, Bowtech bow or if their dealer maybe doesn't carry those additional accessories, we do give them the option that they want to be able to buy that. But Bowtech bows, we want to make sure they're still going to their local dealer gotcha. um, and buying those bows, definitely. Gotcha. Why is that important to Bowtech when a lot of other companies are, are starting to go direct and skip the dealers? You know, it's just there's there's something to be said about service. Yeah. You know, that's we want to make sure that people that buy those bows are getting the best service possible because they're generally buying them if they're going to buy them direct and they're taking them into those dealers as well to yeah. get them set up. Yeah. You know, and that way when they're they go in, they're buying the bow from the dealer, they're out of the gate. You know, most dealers throw in service. If you buy a bow from a local dealer, he's going to generally throw in the the setup for that for a you know a guy or gal that's buying the bow. Right. To where you go buy something online, not necessarily the case. Um, you know, you're taking your local dealer. His time is money. You know, if I was a dealer, I'd be somebody went and bought a bow offline. I would be I would be charging my time on there too. Yeah. So it's it's all about service, supporting the, the that local pro shop, but. Um, now diamond, our diamond line, we do sell online. We, okay. we sell direct on there. We sell with through mass merchants as well. Um, but that's something, you know, with, with our premium brand, like Botech, we're going to continue to sell through the, the local pro shop like that. And I, this is a dumb question, but all of the Botech accessories work just fine on the diamond side of things as well. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll fit diamond. The only thing that doesn't is that, uh, we have a Botech dedicated sidebar mount because the core, the, both the SS and the SR have a, a feature on the side of the bottom of the riser. It's kind of a, a tapered interface that you can use that, uni uh, or not universal, but the Botech dedicated, um, uh, back bar mount, but that we have a universal back bar mount that'll mount to the front of the stabilizer hole and the amount of your stabilizer on there, it will fit diamond. Yeah. So, I'll tell you this, I forget how long ago it was, I got a bow from Bowtech, and two or three years ago, what was your flagship? Uh, so two years, probably the solution. R350, yeah, solution, yep. Yep, yep. solution. Okay, so yep. I have this solution, and every year I say, okay, well, maybe I should get a new bow now. Maybe I should get a new bow now. And then all I do is switch strings. Because, yeah, dude, I've, yeah. I absolutely love that bow, by the way. And That's, it, it's one of our most popular bows ever. We were actually just talking about that this morning. Uh, just, you know, that name comes up all the time. If I go to a trade show and I ask somebody or a consumer show and I said, hey, what bow you're shooting? I could probably say six out of ten times somebody's going to say the solution. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. So I'm counting here. One, two, three, four, five, six new bows for 2024. How the hell do you guys have time to introduce six new bows in one year? 
No, it's tough. It's tough. You know, we stagger a lot of times as far as a launch. Sometimes we'll stagger them a little bit too. But, you know, at Bowtech, we want to offer something for everybody. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you see that. And that's, you see a lot of companies will come out with seven, eight. But, you know, that's why we kind of hit on that individual kind of that type of bow. So that we talked about, we have the SS and the SR. So you got your speed, you got your smooth. And we had a new EVA Gen 3 this year for the ladies. We wanted to update a lot of those technologies that we came out with on the on the core SS and the core SR into the ladies side as well. Something in its appropriate draw length, you still get that performance. Um, we had the Justice, which is kind of the the lower lower price points, right at that thousand mark. Where now bows are getting up to the fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. Mm-hmm. We wanted something that's a a little less money. You're not sinking you know seventeen hundred dollars into a bow. Yeah. Um, and then the commander is kind of a limited edition project we wanted to do this year. So um, we had a, a guardian a couple years ago that was very, very popular. So we came out with the guardian limited edition, um, special colors, special uh, branding on it. Um, so that's just something that was just made in, in limited units. I think we had 500 units out there and they're pretty much gone at this point, I think. So pretty yeah. close anyhow. So, but. gotcha. Okay. And so what, so if you're looking to save a little money or not have, mm-hmm. buy the flagship, then the Justice is what you're looking yeah. for. Yeah, there's a couple options there, too. You have the Justice. Um, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles like the Chorus have on it. Mm-hmm. And then you you can go down in, into a bow like um, we have a couple of the – even in the Diamond Line, you can get into the more of the affordable ones. But like on our yeah. side, you have the Zion. You don't necessarily have the flagship. So you have that you know that 800 price point carbon Zion bow. Um, if you want to get into something like that, so yep. to, to some options there. Yep. Gotcha. All right. So then the core, uh, the core SS and the core core SR are the flagships for this year. Yep. Those are our big flagships this year. And we talked about the center mass technology, but we have a couple cool. We talked about simplicity DIY on our other brands. Mm-hmm. Bowtech is about do the same thing. So we had deadlock technology. We came out with several years ago. Um, and we're doing more on a brand side of educating the consumer how to work on the bows themselves. We always recommend you go in your local dealer to set it up, but we all want to work on our own stuff ultimately. It's like same thing with cars to a certain point. We want to do our own maintenance on them. You know, we're guys. We want to work on our own stuff. So with the cores, especially in the brand as a whole, we have a couple of technologies in there that allow – the users to work on their own bows, to set up their own bows and do maintenance as you go on down the road. So we have deadlock technology, which has been one of the most, uh, it, really the leading technology out there for ease of tuning, um, ease of setup for the dealer and also the consumer. But we have a new feature on those bows this year. It's called time lock. We introduced time lock last year on our target bows. And as soon as we did, we had hunters saying, you got to bring that over to your hunting bows just because it gives you the ability to make your adjustments if you need to. We yeah. talked about hunting different climates like Texas and uh, Illinois and everything else for you know my hunts last year. Those temperatures range, and I don't care who makes a stringing cable out there. It could be the best in the world. Those lengths will, uh, will change between hot and cold, yeah. even if they're pre-stretched. You do get changes in there, and if it throws your cams out of time, you get knock travel issues, you get speed changes in your bow. And if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you don't have a local dealer to go to to change that, you're in trouble. Um, You lose a day of hunt, you half a day of hunt, whatever it is. With time lock, you have the ability to just like deadlock, move your cams left and right. 
time lock, you can unlock the um, basically the the cable post. What it comes down to, there's an unlock on the side, and on the end, there's an adjustment screw. So you turn it in or out, which essentially replicates twisting and untwisting your cable. Okay. So. Yeah, you travel wherever you go. You see your timing is off on your cams or your cam position is off. You make that adjustment, get it back to where it was, and you're up and running. You don't have to go find a bow press. That's the cool thing. You don't need a bow press. Essentially, setting up those core bows, the only time your bow has to touch a bow press is to put your peep in. Yeah. After that, you're done in the bow press. Yeah, that's nuts. Man, just – it's crazy. All the technology – is leading, I hate to say it, away from having someone work on your bows, yet you want, you know, you obviously want dealers to be successful, right? They, yeah, 100%. They're, they're, the, they're the foundation of the archery industry, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, but now all this technology is making it so, and I hate to say it, like you don't even need them anymore. Yeah, and you get your guy. You know, we always recommend you go to your dealer. When you get your bow, make sure they're setting it up correctly for you mm -hmm. out of the gate. And then this technology, our technology always, you know, we don't take it away from your dealer, but to, to make those updates later, if yeah. you need to make a little tweak on the bow. Um, and honestly, we've, since we've been educating the consumers a little bit more on those technologies and how to do it themselves, we we've actually had dealers lean forward and say how valuable that is because during the busy season, they'll have, right. we've all been to the bow shop during the busy season yep. and they have lines at their counters to drop off a bow to get worked on. You have to wait two to three weeks to get your bow worked on. A de dealers will say, I think this is valuable because I have happier customers that don't have to leave their bows for me to make sure the string, the, the cams are on or I retune the bow for them. They have the ability to do that themselves. And ultimately, it's a happier customer. I sold them a Bowtech bow. I set it up for them, and they're going to be—they're going to come back to you know again you know, when the newest thing comes out because they're able to make those corrections later or those retunes or like deadlock. You're out hunting, and let's say you know if you're using a rest other than a ripcord, something can happen. Let's say in the field, you you go to your backup arrow rest. You got to be able to retune that with deadlock. You put your rest on there, set up your center shot and your knock height. Do an improvised little uh, paper for paper tuning or however you tune the bow. You do it with deadlock in the field. You don't have to go find a dealer for a couple hours away to retune your bow if you're in the middle of a hunt. You can do it right there in the in the field. That's where it's valuable for a customer. It's yeah. that downtime, happier people, happier hunters. On the core S and the core SR, are the cams different? Yeah, they're they're a little different on there just because the the core SR generates a little more speed. Right, they're really close. So if you look at that core SR, that cam is pretty round for what people perceive as a speed bow. Right, um, it is super smooth on the draw. Um, I was kind of torn between the two bows. Um, I'm a 27 and a half inch drawing, so I want a little more speed to it. I'm astonished how well that bow draws. Yeah. Um, both in comfort and in performance on that on that adjustment for the flip disc yeah all right so the the other thing i noticed in the difference between these two is the axle to axle one's yep. Uh, yep. i believe 31 and a half and the other one's 33 33 um yep. why difference difference in the riser and in, in limbs you get a little more with the uh, the sr you need the little shorter brace height like anybody any, any mm -hmm. speed but you need a little lesser brace height to um 
to uh, increase speed, get a little more arrow time on the string there as well. So traditionally, you're going to see speed bows just a, on the tick on the longer side. We didn't want to shorten up that riser by any means because you really reduce the stability when you get into a shorter riser. Yeah. So I did put it in that 33 range. For me, that's actually kind of my sweet spot. I, I shot a 34, SS34, all year last year pretty much. Mm -hmm. I was in love in that bow, and I, I swore that these guys were going to be hard-pressed to get that SS34 out of my hands just because that's kind of the sweet spot. I switched to that, to that SR just because of that length. I get that extra speed out of it. It is just dead solid on the hold for me. It's one of the best shooting bows I've ever shot. Yeah. How steady it is, how solid it is on stability. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, let's see here. Uh, any other features with this new bow? Uh, and by the way, you talked about the busy season there. Uh, mm -hmm. I took my uh, solution you know, when I, when I go to get any work done on it, I had my cams timed by a professional, uh, at the, at the, uh, store that I, or the, the shop that I go to mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it, the way your guys' bows are built, it makes it super easy if you know what you're doing and right. there's just way less time tuning spent tuning. Mm -hmm. it. And so just, I mean, I'm just talking from someone who shoots bow tech. That's, I appreciate that. Uh, not a problem. That's what we're here about is just, like I said, more time in the field. You know, yeah. we like hanging out in an archery shop, having fun a little bit. I'd much rather be out hunting. I know I know you're probably the same way, you know. Yeah. There's so much, you know, it's something said about the shop, but I'd rather be out flinging arrows in an animal than flinging arrows at a paper target uh, tuning my bow. Yeah, so that's that's what it's about. More yeah. time in the field, less time tuning. That's, that's what I say. That's a too, fact. So. That's a fact. Um, one one cool little thing, and it's often overlooked, but it's one of the most subjective pieces on a bow, is the grip. Okay. Um, there are a lot of grip companies out there that make aftermarket grips for that very reason, different heights. We have one feature that you may think it's a it's pretty simple, but it's pretty cool, is that grip lock. So what grip lock is is a easiest adjustable grip in the system there so if you're if i recommend everybody go to the Botech website you can see more what i'm talking about but there's two screws on the side of the grip you unlock it and there's an adjustment screw on the front of the riser that you turn that in and you can go from a flat grip to about a 12 degree raised grip um, i think it's about gives you about a three eighths roughly three eighths high heel on there so everybody likes a different height on the on that grip some people may not have the flexibility in their wrist and want something just a little higher they don't have to go buy another grip it's yeah. available on the bow it's called it's called grip lock you just unlock it and it, again that was came from our target side um our target archers you know one is something that's one of the biggest pieces is you know they wrap them they put shoe goo on it to to uh, raise that heel yeah. hunters wanted it you know so that's why we added grip lock in there again it's a simple simple thing that's kind of overlooked or or not necessarily overlooked but people don't think about that how how important that is and again we don't want somebody to have to go buy a 50 dollar grip it's you get it in the boat yeah absolutely uh that's cool man i tell you what um i don't know why i do this and i think it's just mental but i just take a simple hockey tape and mm -hmm. I, I wrap all i've started to wrap all my bows with that on the grip and i think it's just for a grittier touch 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can do that too. Like so I do, I crank mine up a little bit on my grip lock, and I do rapid as well, just because I want that, uh, just a little more feel to it. Yeah, you know, with and I've always done that with all my bows, my target bows, um, my hunting bows. I want to, you know, I just want that, especially in your your. I always go back to spot stock, and you get warm, you get sweaty hands. You just want something that's a little, a little more sure grip to it. There, a little more feel in the in the heel of your hand. Yeah. All right. So a couple things that pop into my mind here is, and I'm just looking at some of the specs. You know, axle to axle for a while, and it's you know the I find the <clears throat> bow market so fascinating because it changes on like the trends change, which seems to be almost every year. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can, mm -hmm. you know, we can remember when sub 30 axle to axles were the popular thing. Right. Especially for a hunting bow, yep. you're like, Oh my God, I got to be below 30. And I mean, man, some companies were coming out with 25 to, you know, 30 for a while. Um, and, and that seems to have plateaued out. I have mm -hmm. found that 32 to 33 is my favorite axle to axle length. And then the other thing that always used to blow my mind was the amount that a bow weighs. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, mm -hmm. we got to get into like the low 4.12s or sub four uh, pound. Uh, I guess you would call it the mass weight. You call it a mass right. weight, right? The bare yep. bow. And so do you think, those two categories specifically have kind of leveled out and, and and people are starting to find uh, that, I guess, a sweet spot and that, especially for hunters where once you add your accessories, you don't have a sub four pound bow anyway. Right, right. But, you, you know, they you still want to get as, as there's still a need to get as low as possible, mm -hmm. knowing you got to kind of have a baseline as you knowing your accessories are going to run that weight up yeah. you know, for the most part more, most everybody's on a on the flagship high-end bows are sticking right around in that three eight three nine um some of them go a tick over four i can't think that's kind of the general expected yeah. weight you know in, unless you get into, into something in the lighter carbon category that's less than that you can get some some compact bows and we talked about or that are a little lighter but we you had mentioned um kind of the the compact bows of old what's changed a lot too to really make those more forgiving is the riser style mm -hmm. um, you'll see much straighter risers less reflex risers a lot of it was that and string angle really really made those less forgiving right. because you always wanted that riser basically i always equate it to it always wants to come around the back of your hand because you have your pivot point out front of your hand and it wants to wrap around Risers are much straighter now, so you really it really helps mitigate that. Mm -hmm. Plus, cams are just a tick bigger, so even a, a 32 inch axle to axle bow draws and holds more like a 33 or a 31, even a 33, because you're that far taller on your string angle from your axle. Okay. Um, top and bottom, you know what I mean. So it's you know everybody thinks that it's you know your string is coming from you know not things, but equates that angle to that that steepness to where actually you're getting a replicating a 33 so you get more stability out of that um and it's still more compact bow when you're in the tree stand um spot and stock but at the draw again you get that stability of a little longer bow gotcha okay well that's uh man we've been talking for a while now oh yeah i think the last we had a lot of stuff to go over it's been a long time exactly exactly <laughs> uh the next i mean 
I think we've talked about everything except Diamond. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What's going on at Diamond? Uh, Diamond, we have a, a, a couple of new, really new bows this year. We're kind of in that Edge series. Um, we we wanted Diamond, we had talked about a little bit kind of the you know direct-to-consumer. We saw a lot of that direct-to-the-consumer. But because of that, we wanted to be able to create bows that have that um, – just the versatility, the adjustability to grow mm-hmm. um, with the user because they're generally they're not upgrading a bow for several years. You know, they're they're not the guy like you and I that are generally getting a, a new bow one to two years. Yep. The guy or gal that's generally buying a bow, they want something that's going to last them five years. They may be a new entrance, new entrant that may not be able to draw seventy pounds or even sixty pounds. So that's where the diamond line really comes in, you know, as far as creating that series of just that highly adjustable bow. Um, we came out with a cool one this year, kind of a limited edition, one of our of one of our most popular bows out there. We had the Edge 320. Um, we have one that's called the Pro 320 this year. And we I had referenced kind of the direct-to-consumer. This is actually a bow that's pro shop only. That's why we call it Pro 320. Um, something for that individual mom and pop shop that sells Bowtech to have their own. Something it's not available in the mass market. Something it's not available online, but it builds upon that versatile bow, that adjustable bow of the Edge 320. Upgraded accessories in it, a little more premium accessories. Some upgraded colors that you don't necessarily see in that mid-price point bow, like Mossy Oak Bottomland. Um, I know that's one of those ones that's kind of subjective. Uh, on individual patterns but right now mossy oak bottomland is one of the most popular patterns out there we've done some consumer research out there that's an old i mean we're dude i love that that's an old pattern i me too man that's my favorite that's that's vintage that is vintage camo and the cool part about that is man i'm sure you did too 25 years ago i was wearing that camo yeah, it, come full circle, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have a pair of uh, tops and bottoms. They don't fit me anymore, but I have them down in this little uh, area where I keep my hunting gear, and it's mm-hmm. it's somewhat nostalgic to pull them out. It is. Yeah, it is, and it's it's crazy. And the people we did some research, uh, not even a year ago, did some consumer polling of all the brands. What's their preferred brand and bottom line or bo- uh, brand and pattern mm-hmm. and bottom line by leaps and bounds led the voting that's um nice. and this just wasn't botech users i mean we we did our entire database and we have people that um don't shoot botech in our database and they told us i love bottomland that's why you see we came out with it on botech side we came out with it a lot of our competitors came out with bottomland we came out with on that pro 320 um on the diamond side just because the people wanted that bottomland in diamond as well so that's nice. um and that's a good and that's a limited edition that we call it the Pro 320LE. It's a limited edition. There's quite a few. It's not our normal run where I have a couple thousand. So those ones will be, once they're gone, they're gone. So yeah. I recommend those that are looking at Diamond side, get into your local Diamond dealer, pick up one of those Pro 320s. It is a pretty nice bow. All right, here's the here's the question. I got three, three kids, okay? And you mentioned the word grow with you, that term, mm-hmm. grow with you. Mm-hmm. So I got three kids. I'm looking to pick up three bows or... Maybe not three. Maybe I'm I'm looking to pick up a bow for my daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. She's old enough now to where I feel like she could start pulling back s- certain, you know, not 
large amounts of weight, but enough to pull a bow back and start to practice. What bow yeah, out yeah. of the diamond line would you recommend? Edge XT. That's that's the big one I would recommend. I have so many people. We had the Infinite Edge Pro previously, and the Edge XT is kind of an evolution of that bow. Yep. Um, you get to your Edge Max and your Edge XT. Both are a couple good options there, a couple different specs. I would take a look at really either, even that Edge Max is a great one. Um, just because a little lighter weight, there's a lot of growth in there as well. Yeah. Um, some cool colors. You know, there's some, some, uh, some, purple camos in there too some of the the girls want the camo you know a little different color but um that when you when it comes down to it for a bow that will just get out there and get it done and even not just youth somebody doesn't speak a ton of uh, sink a ton of money that edge xt and edge max are legit players i mean they'll go up 70 pounds yeah i mean you can go get it done with that anybody can yeah that's crazy uh i'm looking I'm looking for a kid's bow these uh, right now, yeah. and uh, this one looks pretty pretty sweet, man. Yeah, they're great. They're great. You know, Edge XT is m- m- super popular right now. You like I said, even the Edge Max. So yeah, is this something that I don't know? My okay, so not everybody's built the same, but my my wife is five one, hundred five hundred ten pounds. Okay, she's tiny. Is the Edge XT something that she could use as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one thing we see a lot of families too, that the kids may not get in it right away, but mom and dad get into it. Mom gets in something like that or even dad. Yep. And as they press, they advance up. Now you have a bow with that edge series, the XT, the, the max that let's say the kids, as soon as they want to get into it, you got a bow right there that, that mom or dad can pass on to their kids. That will adjust right down to them. You turn the poundage down, you turn that draw length down to them and it fits them. They're not overboat. Yeah. And they just until they're ready to, to, to advance to the next level again. Yeah, All right. 100%. All right. So now the question is, we've talked about Bowtech. We've talked about Diamond. And I look at Bowtech and I go, dude, I want one of these bows. I look at the price tag. I go, okay, everybody's different. I can't afford this. I can't, mm-hmm. afford, I can't afford a flagship Bowtech bow. I'm going to look at a Diamond. What is the alter- what's the best alternative in Diamond? for bow tech if you're a yeah. serious hunter who's looking for a quality bow deploy is the way to go i mean you get you get that deploy and even the, you get the amplify on that side as well um the or the alter you get into that that alter um it's kind of comparable to the amplify over on the bow tech side but the alter is kind of the the progression up from your edge max you get a little more performance in the bow but if you want to go premium on the on the diamond side Definitely want to get into that deploy. It's been one of our most popular on that side. Carbon riser, so super lightweight. You're right in that low threes, bare bow. You can get some premium accessories. Um, so it's real comparable to that carbon Zion as well. We have on the Botex side. Um, so that'd be the way to go. Nice, good speed to it. Really high performance bow, super lightweight. So that that you know, it's definitely your your option when you want to get on the diamond side into premium offering. Perfect. Perfect. Well, my friend, we've been chatting here for a while. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your day to fill us in on all these brands. And uh, I don't know why I always say this because one season just got over, but I'm already thinking about next season. Oh, me too. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm already thinking turkey. Somebody mentioned bear the other day. I was like, okay, I'm ready. Let me get a, get me out of the office again. There I'm you go. go this time. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, Todd, man, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir.